Welcome to Beyond the Pen, the podcast that delves into the untold stories of emerging authors and the literary world. I'm your host, Maccabee Griffin, and each week I'll be shining a spotlight on talented yet undiscovered authors, giving them a platform to share their incredible stories and unique journeys that brought them to the world of writing. In each episode, we'll deep dive into the story behind the story, exploring the inspirations, challenges, and triumphs that have shaped our guests' literary careers, and have some fun along the way. From the initial spark of an idea to the journey of crafting and publishing their books, we'll uncover the secrets that make their stories truly special. But that's not all. Once a month, we'll be joined by an expert from the publishing world who will share invaluable insights and advice for aspiring writers, answering your burning questions, and demystifying the path to success in the literary industry. At Beyond the Pen, my mission is simple, to entertain, educate, and encourage the next generation of great storytellers. So whether you're a writer, an avid reader, or simply someone with a passion for storytelling, Join us as we venture beyond the pen and celebrate the power of the written word. Hello, people. We are back. And me and Chelsea were just talking prior to me hitting the record button. And you guys are ridiculous with this diplomatic immunity thing. But I think it's hilarious because I'm thinking of putting that on merch later on this year. <laughs> We're just going to be sitting here and just like, I'm, I, my goal, diplomatic immunity. But in this case today, because we have um, our next guest this week is going to be the space cowboy himself, Jean-Paul Grenier, uh, from Space Cowboy Books in California, when we're going to be talking about how to, you know, give these guys some tips and tricks on how to get your books into these bookstores and things that really are trying to get you guys set up for success from the beginning. And so, since we're on a, you know, a sci-fi tour we should say we might as well have galactic di diplomatic immunity you know what do you think chase uh, chelsea i i mean i we already said this we're we're, mm -hmm. we're now going from normal to galactic well have we ever went normal on anything i mean we tried last time i think we did a we gave a really really good effort last time and i feel like we stayed on for about three minutes, which is a record. How many conversations have we had to do, hey, a quick five, and then all of a sudden we're talking about like, how would you actually create Frankenstein when all we were asking is like, hey, are you available on Tuesday for a podcast? Like, so I think our three minutes, that's, that, that's perfect. That is true. Here's the other thing. I had to cut like 15 minutes worth of our conversation. So there was. I mean, we need to do a blooper reel. Some of the stuff that comes out is too epic to not have, like, get the weigh in from everybody mm -hmm. else. But as far as everybody getting so excited about, I think there's been a misunderstanding. So let's clear that up. I do not have diplomatic immunity. I know that the way that it was, I guess, the way that we kept going with it, everybody assumed I had it. Guys, I do not have diplomatic immunity. I am trying. 
because now I, I figured out the process. I, I'm definitely going to figure that out. But as of right now, I do not. So we decided we're going to go for the first time because, you know, why not mess with aliens? Why not? I figured I should be the first galactic diplomat because it would, I mean, I know you're supposed to know about like costume, like their customs and languages and stuff like that. Like I could totally do that. I could learn some ang- alien language stuff. And if you go based off of sci-fi, they have like little chips and stuff where they flash your brain and all of a sudden, you know, everything. So it's, it's perfect. Like it'd be a lot of fun. I would love to go to space unless it's the ones that like go like total battle star on you and do the weird, like dissecting you and then putting you in the little vat thing to heal you. Like those ones I'm not about, but like funsy ones, I would totally do it. Just don't eat me. Don't sex me. Don't eat me. Don't do any of those weird little program things. Like we'll just be friends. We can be friends. Very nice person. Well, I I think some of the things that you need to work on first is actually the whole knowing your actual culture and things, you know, things that deal with earth. I know that I just don't want to associate with any of them. I know the customs and I know the people. I just don't want to be out. I'm a very much a homebody. I'm not good in crowds, which is ironic because I do events and I, I run conventions, but like, I am not good in crowds as much as I try to pretend that I am. I am not, no. but that's what, that's why, you know, everybody always says you have, have the different masks that you wear every day. I can pretend for a couple hours. That I'm leaving that one alone. That one I am <laughs> not even touching with a 10 foot pole. Um, speaking of technology, because okay. of the whole idea of us going into the sci-fi world, one of the most ridiculous questions we're going to put out to everybody is sci-fi versus fantasy. And I know here's here's where we're going to start getting the hate mail and all this other stuff and everything. But- we did last time when I slam Shakespeare for like ten minutes. <laughs> I. I- I mean, this might be this might be the point. Probably, this might be the turning. It may be You're like I'm I'm bringing on a controversial host, you know. So why why not? Let's just I keep. Mean, it. You might send us hate mail because I know your stance on it. So I might send us hate mail, and I'm <laughs> just for the heck honest. of it. <laughs> I'm gonna sign it that says definitely not Chelsea. Ah, so I know not to worry definitely. about that. Got it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's not Chelsea then. If it says definitely not Chelsea, then it has to be someone else completely exactly Exactly. so but we all obviously have our favorite genres and we all know that there's always the blending just from our conversations last week of these multi-genre books or multiple genres for various authors we are coming up to the point of like how is technology really diving in closer to fantasy you know how is sci-fi either better or worse or fantasy better or worse the only reason why i say these two things these two genres out of all of them because god knows that there's so many of them out there (laughs) 
is because of the fact that those are always the overall genres that are always in trending. They're always out there. They've been out there for freaking, I don't even know how many generations now. Um, I'm not even looking to see how long they've been around. Um, But I think they're also the more controversial genres, depending on the writer. And I think it it goes really dark, too. It's like one of those, uh, everybody wants to pretend that like authors are like these super reclusive things. And if you're me, you are. But like you also have those other ones that are like, oh, you write fantasy? Okay. And it's like, okay, don't snub me. You, you write whatever it is. Like, it's supposed to be like a community, but it seems like you're getting these little sections that are just like, I write sci-fi. Like, what are you doing? Or I, oh, you write fantasy or you write horror or like, there's like getting these little genre clicks. And it's the most ridiculous thing that I've ever experienced in my life. Like when you meet the other authors and they're like, oh my God, what do you write? And you say it and they're just like, oh, it's like, really, honey? We gonna do this? Is this what we're doing? Like, what happened to everybody supporting everybody and being excited for everybody? But it's like the the mean girl thing, and I'm just like, this is why authors are recluse. Speaking of technology, I should say. So one of the things that obviously they're seeing a lot in the publishing world is that technology is becoming such a huge uh, trend sender. Trend send. It's setting trends because of, you know, audiobooks, ebooks, and the fact that there a lot of the profits for books, for physical copies, has been going down, which has also been affecting these bookstores. Now, because of the pandemic, and I'm, let's see if I can find this real quick while I'm talking to you, uh, one of the things that they said was that a lot of the books over yeah nearly 60 small bookstores closed for good in 2020 and the report suggested that up to 20 percent of the remaining stores would close within the first months of 2021 so the reason i'm saying this is because uh publishers weekly reported and this was back in 2020 reported that bookstore sales in the first 10 months of 2020 we're down nearly a third from la- from 2019. That's a drop of more than $2 billion. That's insane. It's crazy. The But now, so that's one of those things where, you know, most times when people, when you're looking for a book, an ebook is great. But as somebody and as an author who goes to conventions, they will bring these giant wagons and they store everything in it because people do still want those physical copies but i think it's more of an atmosphere that you have to create now it's not just going into a bookstore and and finding a bunch it's the entire experience that people are looking for so you want the excitement of meeting the authors you want the excitement of of seeing a publisher you want that interaction because we went so long without having actual human interaction that they want now when you go out, like you want that full experience. You want to see people, you want to like take pictures and touch. And uh, it's just, it's the entire thing is completely different now. And it sucks for the small bookstores because they're, 
the best place to go. Not saying there's anything wrong with Barnes and Noble or something, but there is something almost homey about a small bookstore that makes you want to go back. Where like Barnes and Noble is like, eh, whatever. Like you can go to like, I think I have six within a 10 mile span of me. But like those small little places, I'll drive 35 minutes to go to one of the bookstore, the bookstores in, in Tampa because it has the entire package. You have the fun people behind the desk you have that know the books that are there. Whereas in Barnes and Noble, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Like they're like, yeah, it's probably over in that section over there where the small bookstores are like, no, I got you. Perfect. Come with me. We're going to go to the super sketchy corner in the back. It's going to have the greatest books in the entire world. Like, Yeah. And I, I think that's another thing that I've started to notice in the trends with bookstores itself is that many of them, you're noticing that because I've only got two small bookstores within the Indianapolis area, only two. Is that like a major city? Yeah, it's a major city. And there's only two small bookstores within the boroughs around Indianapolis. The rest of them are places like Barnes and Noble. Yeah, because of the fact that they're coming up just like a Starbucks or they have Starbucks attached to them. And it's something that not a lot of not a lot of businesses are able to do. And that's why one of the our next guest is, is somebody that I really wanted to get on here is because he took it to the point of like, OK, look, I have a small bookstore, but guess what? I not only support local authors, not only do I sell great books, I do specific books I are specific genres that's why it's called space cowboy books wouldn't it's, that be harder you would you're think. eliminating so many people but if you look at it just like we were talking about last time a lot of things are multi-genre mm-hmm. so you could have sci-fi romance you could have sci-fi horror you can do all of those things but to me even as somebody who is who is currently doing a sci-fi series sci-fi is, is losing its luster to me yeah it's not like you have to go insane, which is like, you know, Scott Westfield did a series called uh, The Uglies. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, changing people biologically. Yeah. Their eyes, their hair, their skin color, their everything. And that is, we even have some of that stuff we do nowadays. So it's like, isn't sci-fi kind of losing its luster while, while fantasy still is in full blast because it's something that it doesn't have a potential to happen unless we start ripping wormholes or my alien friends come down or you know stuff like that so i mean what are what's left in the sci-fi world that can maintain some of that glamour well we're just gonna have to ask him that when he comes on so i mean i'm gonna interrogate maybe i'll be a detective here we go guys i'm gonna be a diplomatic detective we're going to branch this out are you kidding me can you you know that would be a tv series like i am literally creating series to help hollywood because all they're doing right now is redoing stuff they need some help the diplomatic detective diplomat by day super top secret detective at night it's like a new superhero oh my gosh the diplomatic detective the diplomatic detective you only deal with the diplomatic stuff. So like, you know how they always have like, you know, NCIS and all of that jazz where they deal with the military. Like this is like disputes between diplomats because you know, they keep all that stuff hush hush. Mm-hmm. Like 
tell me that wouldn't be awesome. I would be the perfect person to do that. Sweetie, that's called the CIA. Yeah, but they're not as much fun. And they're very mean. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're very mean. But to be a diplomat, like, they wouldn't necessarily, they're not going to share everything with the CIA. They're not going to share anything with these, because they're going to go for theirs. You know what I mean? They're going to go with their people because they don't want to, have that but if you have like a diplomat to the diplomats like are you kidding me i'm creating positions all right <laughs> so to anyone who's actually listening from the cia or the nsa um we, th this is that. these are just opinions the, the i shouldn't even say opinions these are just i i can't even say ideas man we're really going to I just get situations and all alternate universes we're talking about sci-fi right there you now. go like, hypothetical hypothetical there it is hypothetical yeah um uh, so if, if you don't see us for the next couple of weeks you'll understand um we've been taking from the cia uh well at least i have most likely um uh, chelsea's <laughs> probably been taken from the aliens so you know um right, I have they're listening to me they're like gonna be like no we got her Stop. galactic immunity exactly <laughs> you literally can't touch me <laughs> supernatural immunity exactly and i will say when you see a show in like a year or two years and it's like the diplomatic detective i'm just gonna come on and be like guys you all heard that episode oh, it was man. March. what is this may 25th 2023 oh like, god c mac what did i tell you brilliant idea <laughs> oh man all right well, we, we, we at least stated somewhat within the three minutes that we were talking about. Um, uh -huh. So I don't even know where to go from here. Oh, I was going to say <laughs> that um, you you would love to be in Indianapolis because there's actually a donut shop that's called uh, Dungeons and Donuts. Oh, my God. That is amazing. And it's I love puns. And it's awesome all fantasy all the all the donuts are fantasy based as well are you kidding me i am well, not it's, it, first of all it's donuts true you have puns yep and you know those donuts are probably the greatest thing you will ever eat yeah the greatest thing before we moved there was a place down the road all it was called was cupcakes <laughs> that's there was nothing catchy about it. There was nothing. Oh, and I remember going because who doesn't love cupcakes? Of course. And they were just these giant cupcakes. And the lady behind me was like, hey, do you have any scones? And the little old lady back there was like, did you read the sign? And she's like, yeah, but I thought that was a name. And she's like, no, it's what we have. And I was like, this is the greatest old lady I've ever met in my entire life. Like she was no nonsense. She's like had like 600 different types and she's like cupcakes. We have cupcakes. And the lady came in and was like, Hey, do you guys sell big cakes? And she's like cupcakes. And I was just like, all right, can I just have mine before you get mad and just start throwing things? <laughs> like, all right. Let me yeah. be in the background. And so when you start throwing those cupcakes, I can least... exactly. I don't even care if the frosting's a little messed up. Like it, it's fine. Yeah. 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 You know, as long as it tastes good, you know, so you don't have any punny places. Oh man. I was about to say you live in Florida. Come on now. It's like Clearwater and, and like, you have gators. 
Exactly. You know where Chelsea is? In her the second floor of her house in case, God forbid, my husband doesn't believe me. I'm pretty sure they could bust through the glass doors that surround our house. I, I just don't trust it. I stay upstairs. Yes, I know they go upstairs, but I have enough time. I have a, I have like two different bows up here. We have a couple different things. Like, yeah. Sacrifice the dog. Sacrifice the dog. Are you kidding me? He would, I would try to save him and he'd be like, no, it's cool. We're friends. We're good. This is my friend. Oh, man. He's the most aggressive dog in the world. Well, there you go. There's there's another part right there. Um I, I'm sorry. the 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 fact that you guys are from you're, you're in Florida, where they made Gator Aid. If that's not a pun, I don't know what is. Yeah, but like it's such a big brand. Like it's not even fun anymore. Yeah, but like, still, it's. But yeah, they they've had a couple different places that have tried to open. Mm-hmm. But I maybe I just haven't gone out enough. Maybe that'll be my goal for this weekend. Like I'm gonna go out and find like a punny place. So then when we come back next week, I'm gonna be like, Mac, listen to what I found. Like, this is the greatest thing in the world. And and go from there. Now there was a place called uh called Tees, mm-hmm. and they literally their t-shirts were tees. Right. And it tied on the sides. I didn't get it. Like it was it was like a sports bar. Yeah. But like I thought it was gonna be like a golf thing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. Their shirts were literal tees that like go over and tie I, it was weird that's that's the best i got <laughs> well l- let's look at this like because clothing lines are becoming more of a inspiration for a lot of things you know look, look at all the nostalgic you know oh out- back to 80s, yeah 80s. exactly look if, if the 80s weren't a fantasy i don't know what can be considered a fantasy there was a lot during the eighties. Like, oh, man, I really, I'm glad yeah, I don't it's remember. Cool. <laughs> it's like... Only because it was in my bloodline doesn't mean anything. Okay, <laughs> I was a crack I mean, baby. I, I wasn't in the eighties, so I don't know. Like, I have no idea of any of that. Like, you know, when you watch the the shows and they're always like, "Oh my god, our small town is doing these theme nights." Like, that's what I thought high school was going to be like. And boy, did I have a rude awakening. But like, you know, you're watching those. How much fun would an 80s? Well, you lived in the 80s, Mac. How much fun would an 80s party be? Would that be fun? Would it be like a nostalgia thing? Like, as someone who's coming back. Well, well, let's let's look at a few things that came from the 80s that we should not have ever had ever again. Okay, okay. Um, first off, the just say no thing. Just say no to drugs should never have happened um just because it inspired exactly that's the reason why i say that it's the only reason why i say it's not because i'm a drug addict or anything of that nature okay i lived through the 80s i wore the shirt that said just say no it was a big old green shirt um (laughs) um but it didn't a lot of it was the fact that it was yes the government was trying to crack down on drugs being brought into the u.s and all this other stuff but it just made people get smarter and more creative on how to get stuff in there ergo the whole mule thing um let's see what else uh a lot of the hairstyles should have never came back big I mean, bangs sure the, 
the ozone issue is strictly from the amount of hairspray used during yes. the decades. Yes, uh, very like, much so. Yes, on men and women. Um, there, <laughs> the clothes, some of the clothes I'm okay with, um, but no guy should ever have uh, half the shirt freaking cut off so that can, people can see his, his abs. That should never have happened ever nor the shorts yeah the shorts for men fantastic they were hilarious it was are you kidding me like it was the watching the 80s movies and and just doing that i always turn and i look at my husband like hey babe was that you was that your gym outfit and he's like will you just watch the damn movie and i'm like it's yeah, some of those shorts should never have ever because there was too much in the front, way too much up front than anything. Um, it inspired a new generation. It inspired like, a lot of things, <laughs> a lot of things. That, uh, why do you think there were so many '90s babies? Why do you think that, that there's a you know billion dollar pornography <laughs> um, industry because of that? <laughs> Um, all the 80s eighties, yes um but getting back to how the 80s and books and all this other stuff combined is because look at how much the book industry influenced a lot of those movies and how the movies influenced the book industry mm-hmm. now here's the thing are we getting that now with streaming industry, the streaming industry now. I mean, as a, as an author, you know, when you, you watch something and you go, or even like hearing stuff, like you have those ideas that pop into your head. I think that maybe it's just because I've, I've written so many books in the last two years. I'm kind of like at that, that pace where I just need to take a reel back. I feel like everything that comes out TV show and movie, it's the exact same stuff just like set in a different town or something. So it seems TV nowadays almost feels uninspired. And um, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're trying to do so many things based off of books, but they're redoing the ones they've already done. And it's like, you have millions, if not billions of series to choose from that. If you just took a step back and started your own idea and went with something like that, then I think it would be, more inspiring for both, you know, everybody in the movie industry and TV industry and writers alike. So I think it's TV nowadays is so uninspired to me. Like we'll be sitting watching, we have every streaming service and we go through and you can't find anything that sounds good. Yeah. Because there's like, there's too many channels. Right. It's, but it's also, didn't we watch that? And it's like, no, we watched this one. And I'm like, but isn't that the same thing? So we always go back and rewatch the the other shows. Like we always do Battlestar and we we do Psych. Psych is one of my favorites. Like we go back through all of the, the 80s, 90s and early 2000s shows. And I think like 2010, everything started to hit that peak. And now it's like nobody wants to try anymore. And it's even with stories when you get into these these different trends that go through and it's like, okay, this is a cool story, but could have swore I read it. And it's because it's, it's three degrees of separation and that's all that, that changes it. So that's one of the things that I feel like sci-fi is falling into 
is because you don't have much further you can expand on unless you do space, which is, is, is kind of like, you know, we have the TV stuff, we have the implants, we have all of these different things that are starting to emerge. So it makes it difficult. Whereas in fantasy, you still have as many universes as you can create. So I think even sci-fi is starting to feel uninspired in some ways. True. Very true. But here, here, I think another thing that is another reason why sci-fi is getting a little bit more of a uh, overall feels because like you, you already said it, it's like you can expand on the same thing. Look at Star Wars. Star Wars just started out with like, th- what, three freaking, movies, yeah. well, not even, not even just the movies, but three planets that everything yes. went on. That was it. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the books, the Star Wars books, people have been adding more and more and more worlds onto it. And I think that's another way that it's easier to expand on it than it is in fantasy. Fantasy, you can only do so much with that. But, wait, hear me out, hear me out. Okay, let's do this. (laughs) I am not... (laughs) I am not starting a war with you, okay? I wouldn't. I have a galaxy. Here we go. We got the galaxy here again. Anyways, which I think is hilarious for a fantasy person saying, I have a galaxy. I know. (laughs) I own like six stars. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Well, okay. We'll give you that. All right. So what I'm saying. (laughs) Oh, my God. So what I'm saying is, is that. When we're looking at fantasy, we we, we can only hold into certain areas of the types you know you have the the magic types you have the uh, mythical types mm-hmm. or the blend or the hybrid of blend but what i'm saying is is that there's always a certain set of rules that you have to deal with that the trends are showing the trends yes, are showing trends. absolutely but i think that's because just like in sci-fi people you restrict yourself as an author, you literally have no restrictions. And I've actually gotten into arguments with, with editors and publishers about this because it's, they'll be like, Hey, you can't do this. And I'm like, I'm literally a fantasy author. I can do whatever I want. And they're like, no, because the rules I'm like, uh, 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 no, there are no rules in fantasy. If I want to make sunflowers grow from under clouds, I can do that. If I want to make it so the sun only skims the horizon and never rises. I can do that. And I think that's one of the issues. And it's why I personally feel a lot of writing is so similar is because everybody is so scared to break out of what they have read and what they have grown up on with sci-fi and fantasy and mystery and everything that they don't take that chance. And I think it's why I have such ends of spectrums with, with what I do is because I don't have those rules because nobody knows their rules in fantasy, because when you're creating a world and a world that has been ripped apart and you are left with just the kids there, there's no rules. They have nobody to teach them these things, which is why things have gotten so insane. But when you go to a traditional fantasy novel, like Lord of the Rings, and you think the only way that you can write is like Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit or Harry Potter, then 
you're going to get the same stuff over and over and over again. But if you do something insane, like, you know, what I do and what some other authors do, where you break all of the rules, which there are no rules, but you people's conceptions, then you open up fantasy to an entirely different world in itself. Like you can do so many different things, but at the same time, I think the greatest move that people have started to do is the sci-fi fantasy blend because there is no way like obviously sci-fi can go as far as the imagination, but with what we do today and how far technology has grown, which we still have so far to go to be able to top some of these things. But nowadays technology is what you think it is. So you can go and you can sit there with AI and, and with some of these incredible genius people and do whatever you want. And, and I'm saying that as somebody whose spouse is super techie, he does all of that stuff. He gets bored and he'll make apps to make his life easier. Like he, it, it's super easy because definitely anybody can do that to sort their muse. Like it's, he does some weird stuff, but you, you, everything is going to fall stagnant. If you stick to the rules, you do not need rules. You make your own rules as an author as somebody who does script wording or TV or anything like that, stop following the rules because you're boring. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. And I, I agree with all of that because when the first thing that that came into my mind when you were saying, if I want to have sunflower seeds growing from clouds upside down, I'm thinking, yeah. technically sunflower seeds or sunflowers are sun flowers. So they can actually right. just be the sun, which would be a, a very interesting way of putting it. Oh, yeah. it I, I actually have it in my book. That's why I, that is one of the biggest things I got into a fight on because they were like, they're like, you know, that's not how flowers grow. And I'm like, yeah, well in the realm they do. And they're like, no, but that's not how they grow. And I'm like, in the realm they do. And they're like, but it doesn't, I'm like, nope, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I never even said we had gravity. How do you know people aren't flying around everywhere? It's part of your imagination. And I like broke my editor for like two days. She was just like, I don't, I just, I don't understand. I'm like, you're not supposed to. You were approaching a world like as, you know, when Avery goes it, she knows nothing about this. So you were literally experiencing what she went through. And it's just like, how, how is it? But there's, and like, that's what you're supposed to do. And I think that you can expand everything if you stop thinking there are rules. And I think that's another way, reason why a lot of bookstores are very leery, unfortunately, with getting a lot of new books out there is because they are looking at what is working and what is not. And instead of seeing what is different and what can expand a child's imagination or an adult's imagination. And so one of the things I was um, and we're, we're going to ask, obviously, Jean-Paul, this is that how is the community really interpreting what you're giving them? What are what are their thoughts on this stuff? How do you get your feedback and everything? And obviously, you know, on a more global sense for self-publishers as well as traditional or hybrid is the fact that they put their stuff out there. Look at uh, Wattpad. Right. Wattpad is a place, if you don't know, Wattpad is a, a platform where authors can put sections of their books or whatever, how much of the book they want out there so that people can give their two cents on what they're doing or how, how it's going so far so they can get at least some type of feedback. 
Huh? Terrible yeah, horrible, horrible idea to do that. But that's what people are doing. The best thing is when people started doing it on Reddit. Reddit is where, like, oh my God, I met a, one of the authors and she was like, I just, I can't write anymore. And I was like, why? And she's like, well, I did it. I felt really great about it. And I'm like, okay, that's awesome. That's great. She's like, and I threw it on Reddit and I was like, and there it is. Nobody goes on Reddit to be nice. Okay, Reddit is where the bowels of humanity hang out. Don't get me wrong. I love reading Reddit. Highlights of my day. But it's where they go to feel better about themselves by diminishing everything and everything on there. And it's fantastic to read. Do not subject yourself to that. Like, I've never been on Wattpad. So maybe it's a, a better platform for it. But as soon as you said it, all I thought of is, oh, God, they made another Reddit, but for authors. Like, Pretty so much. Neat. Well, here's the funny thing. It's like I, I put one of my short stories on there just for the heck of it, just okay. to see. And I had like 20 people look at it. I put that on like a year ago and not had anybody else put comments or anything like that. So for me, it, it's one of those things like, eh, yes, I know I could have put it out there more. Hey, go to Wattpad and do all this. I could have marketed, but I didn't want to. So I put it out there because I was, that story itself is to inspire other people. I know where it goes in my world. I already got it. I've got a whole thing with it, but I can also change it in a heartbeat too. So it's not a big deal. But for me, when I'm looking at these trends, when I'm looking at these bookstores, when I'm looking at the community wrapped around all of this stuff, it's getting smaller. And it's dying out. Exactly. Because there is no more support. Mm -hmm. And it's sad that is happening. So when we're, when we're looking at this and saying, okay, let's give some tips and tricks for these, these folks to understand what they're looking at, because yes, it is getting smaller in sense of how many ma and pa uh, bookstores are out there, but it also still affects you on how you look at things when you're trying to put it onto the bigger stages, like, Barnes and Noble, like Amazon, which, by the way, stop doing the Amazon thing. Oh, my God, please stop, stop doing Amazon. And it's not because we don't have a thing. We don't like Amazon that trust me, there's a lot of things Amazon's great with. But it the the waters are so large that it is unless you are a big name your books when you're just starting out are not going to do well. It's not even when you're just starting out, there has been so many issues with KDP, you know, pushing their own stuff and knocking other people out. I've had my book removed four different times by accident. Like it's just, you get eliminated. And then when you get eliminated, you lose those reviews and Amazon will not recommend your, your book or anything like that until you're at 20. I actually, I think they just rose it again to like 40 reviews and it has to be like, so many four, so many five, so many whatever. Leave your reviews there, but do it on Barnes and Noble. Do it on Goodreads. Do it on stuff like that too, because authors are getting really screwed over right now and it's not fair. And one of the great things that Barnes and Noble has come out with their whole revolutionizing, you know, the author experience is they've started their own publishing side where you can do the exact same thing as you do on KDP, but you do it on Barnes and Noble. 
haven't done research into it really. So, you know, I'm not quite sure how that goes, but it's another option for people because you get screwed over as an author six ways to Sunday, make positive choices in what you're doing, write something that, that means something and, 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 and like captures people, but have fun with it. Like I am so tired of all this serious writing. So annoying with it. Like you want to escape, you want to have fun. And there's always the same issues lately where it's always like the, the big trend right now is everybody's in high school and the one kid's dad is like the devil incarnate, but nobody knows it. And I'm like, how did you not know? Like, how did you not know? Like, even as a person in a book, like you should have been like the character as the author's writing, like, oh, here we freaking go. Like, you had to have known. And, and of course, I- yeah, uh, my my favorite trend is the, and it, this is in just storytelling in general, is those characters that are plot saved. Oh, Yes that should not like they're put in situations that they should not be <laughs> saved at all from no i those drive me insane. one of the biggest things i do is i always make in fun of like the tropes where like you know everybody keeps everything a secret and i just have like one of my characters is always like seriously like we're gonna do this we're gonna pretend like we don't know they're lying like that so like i make in fun of it because like of course you don't even in real life, like you're going to keep secrets, you're going to do the white lies, you're going to do all of those things. But when you can see it coming from a mile away, like you almost want to go into the book, pull the characters aside and be like, look, I know this isn't your fault, but this is about to suck. Like, I'm going to tell you exactly what's going to happen, but don't worry, you'll make it out. That last second, there's going to be like somebody rushing in or the cops are going to show or they're going to trip and stumble and like stab their faces through a pike or something. I don't know, but like, you're going to be good. But it's like, or the ones that are anticlimactic. I was reading a, a, a sci-fi book actually last week and it was this great buildup. And I'm like, holy crap, like there's 4% left in this book. There's going to be a second one. There was not. The book ended and it finished. Yeah. And it, it's, these things are getting so ridiculous. It's getting beyond Uh, because it is affecting storytelling in general and it's affecting everybody everything even when and here here's another thing and i'm gonna really put this to jean paul when we we get him on next week is and i want people to think about this too because this really does affect all of our small mom pa bookstores even the ones that are the refurbished uh, stores, bookstores, is that when major companies happen to want to merge, look at that whole thing with uh, Penguin and, um, oh shoot, who was it? Uh, Random House and Penguin. Back in 2013, when they uh, they merged and they were leaving the industry with you know the hands of like five big companies but then penguin random house announced that they were wanting to buy uh simon and uh schuster back in 2021 for more than two billion dollars okay but because there was only so you know five major companies 
if they kept going with this, it would have completely destroyed the industry because that would have meant that they were monopolizing because they were already taking in 30 to 40 percent of the profits from the publishing world. And that's why you get all of these independent companies, these indie companies coming in, which I think should support a lot of these small and small uh, bookstores a lot more than the bigger ones. It's the bookstores as well, though. I can tell you as an author who is, you know, who is with a, a publishing company, we go and we reach out to these local and you have to go as the author. I don't know what everybody has been told, like these publishers will do it for you. They don't. You have to do it yourself. So you you go in and they almost look at you like, oh, you're from a small publisher or you're a mid-sized publisher, but you're not. But are you HarperCollins? Are you Simon Schuster? Like they dismiss you just as much. So it's kind of like a, it's almost like the authors are at war with the bookstores and the big five are just taking control of, of the, the everything. So it's leaving authors without a choice except for Amazon and going online and doing all these different things because nobody wants to support anybody or take a chance on these other authors when it could take one bookstore taking an author's book to create the next big thing or taking a chance and just making that author feel good for five seconds. Like, is it really hurting you? No. It's your job. You opened a bookstore to sell books. Yes. Exactly. So here, here's here's the question that we want you folks to start thinking about until next episode when we actually bring on Jean-Paul and talk to him about what it's like to be a small bookstore owner, as well as an author, you know, as well as someone who really gets out there into the community to look for these local authors, to support these local authors, to even have events in his his bookstore because that is like what she said that is what these bookstores need to start doing more but unfortunately money talks and when you know 70 percent of all the freaking publishing world profits go to these bigger companies the smaller ones are having more difficulty surviving so thinking about think about this folks I want you to do this. I want you to research. I know I'm asking the hard thing here for other people to do the research and stuff, but look into your community. Find the small bookstores. Go see what they have. You may be surprised on what you're going to find. You may find a place that's just like Jean Paul's. It's just all science fiction um, with a few other things probably here and there everywhere. But... And they throw in the coolest things. Small bookstores will literally do any, like they go through and they're like, oh my God, you got to try this one. And you got some of my favorite books that I have found have been from the small ones where you just go in looking for like that particular book. And I always try to shop local and stuff like that. And then they're like, no, no, no. If you like that, you got to try this one. Oh my God, no, I forgot about this one. You got to try this. And wait, 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 you got to try this one. And like, they're, they know what they're talking about. Exactly. Which is super fun. Yeah, because they're, talking to the wholesalers. They're looking at these distribution trends. They're looking at everything. They're listening to their community because they're trying to support their community as much as the community is trying to support them. So again, go find a bookstore, a small one, not 
Barnes and Noble, not any of the big other names. Is there another big name besides Barnes and Noble? There's Books a Million. Books a Million. Um, okay. There, I think it's called Miller's. Miller's is really big in like the West, I think. Okay. Well, don't go to the big ones. Don't go to the big ones yet. Okay. Do your research. Look at what's at the small ones first, then go to the bigger ones. See the difference. And, and request your favorite book. There you go. If you have an indie author you like, and let's say they're published through Amazon, you go to those small bookstores, request it, they get it. That expands your your author's presence. It does everything. It's It'll make them feel good because we get the little alerts, guys. Authors are sensitive. I mean, not me, but like other ones. I was about to say, well, the only difference between them and you is because you already have galactic diplomatic immunity so you exactly know, so i'm gonna be in outer space Actually, well <laughs> there's a space but it's usually never mind um it, it, uh, you said it not me um <laughs> so until next time folks please join us next week or next on thursday because we're going to have an actual bookstore owner on there he's also an author he does a lot of things and we're going to get a lot more tips and tricks, a lot of things that are going to help you as an author, as a writer, as a book enthusiast to find that next great book. So until next time. Hey, folks, that's a wrap for this episode of Beyond the Pen. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed creating it. If you'd like to stay connected and up to date with everything Beyond the Pen, follow us on Twitter at Beyond the Pen Pod and Instagram at Beyond the Pen Podcast. For even more content and exclusive access to our guest profiles and more, make sure to visit our website at beyondthepenpodcast.com. Don't forget to join our Facebook fan page to interact with our favorite authors and fellow fans of the show. And if you want to take your Beyond the Pen experience to the next level, check out our selection of video interviews on Traverse TV's video on demand and live stream. You can access these interviews through your Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, Google Play, iTunes, or the Traverse TV app. So until next time, thanks again for tuning in and remember to keep writing inspiring and sharing as you go beyond the pen.